Hey everyone, this is your girl E. I am back with another podcast. This is season four, episode two. The title is Press for a Healing, Declaring Your Victory. I pray that you guys are having a great, great, great Thursday and that you guys are filled with joy, filled with hope. And I know that God is with you and I know that God knows that you you have needs. He knows that you have wants and desires and I am coming into agreement with what it is that you guys are praying for because I do believe that as a body of Christ, that when we come together, whether we're near or far, that when we come into agreement, that that prayers get answered and, and divine connections get strengthened and ordained tasks and destiny moments starts to happen. So I am praying with you. I am praying for you and I'm coming into agreement. And I'm praying that you guys are going to be blessed by this word. I know that you're going to be blessed by this word that I am about to give you, that God has given me. And I am praying that as you are listening to the words and to to the sound of my voice, that you're taking in everything, that you're allowing the Holy Spirit within you to reveal what it is that God God wants to, to get across to you, you know, from this message. So... Today's topic, press for a healing, declaring your victory. I'm going to be reading from chapter of the book of Mark, chapter 5, verses 21 to 35. Jairus' daughter is raised to life. Verse 21. And when Jesus passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. When he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came into the press behind him, and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood had dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her, that had done this thing, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. That was verse 21 to 34. Now verse 35. While he yet spake, there came from a ruler of the synagogues 
house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? Okay, I'm going to stop there. So, in these verses, there is a lot going on. And even though it's a lot going on, let me break it down for you, right? We have a woman who had this issue of blood for 12 years. And she saw Jesus through the crowd and she had this mindset that I don't care how many people are, how many people are out here, you know, where I'm at in the crowd. Her faith said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch his clothes, her faith said that she, he, Jesus didn't even have to touch her. If she would just touch the, the, the garment that is touching the one who can do all healings, who can make all sick people whole, who can make the blind see, and the deaf to hear, and the dumb to speak, and the disabled to be able to think in their right mind. She said, if I can just touch the garment that is touching him, I know that I can be made whole. Saints, let me ask you something. Do you have this much faith that this woman had? I wish I knew her name, but they didn't tell her name. They only said a certain woman. This woman had so much faith that she said that if I can just touch the hem of his garment, that probably touched the ground that touched him. She said, I know that I could be made whole. Right here we have a woman who she was going through the crowd, pushing through the crowd to, to, to press upon Jesus because the word said that all these people were thronging after him, meaning that they were pulling on Jesus to say, you know, oh, touch me or, you know, how you would have a celebrity going through, you know, the streets of New York City. And then all of a sudden the crowd just goes towards them and they're like reaching for them, you know, to touch their hand and to get an autograph. That's what thronging means. It means that they were trying to to get a hold of Jesus. Now, here you have this woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years, who, who was sick in her body. And then the word is says she even got worse. She was sick in her body and she, she couldn't even get up to, to speak to Jesus. She was so bent over that the only thing that she can do was touch the bottom of his garment. But she has so much faith that she pushed through the crowd and this scenario, how it, how it depicts in the Bible, I would imagine that this was a woman who, who was pushing through a crowd, right? Who didn't want to help her, right? Because it, the, the Bible didn't say that she had help. The Bible said that she had to press through the crowd to get to Jesus. That lets me know that no one was around her helping her. There was no one around her trying to give her a hand, knowing that she was bleeding, knowing that she was bent over, knowing that she probably was leaving a trail of blood, right? Because now you have a woman with the issue of blood that the word says that she spent all that she had and she didn't get better, but she got worse. That lets me know that this woman who once had had enough money to pay for doctor's visits and, and to, to have physicians come to her, she probably didn't have any more money. She probably was homeless. She probably, you know, was either down and out or, you know, maybe she did have a place to stay. 
But the Bible did say that she spent all that she had. So this lets me know that she didn't have any more resources. So whatever she had to do to get healed, she had what she had. So she probably didn't have the resources to, to help stop the blood. Why? Because it said that when she was healed, immediately her blood dried up. So here you have a woman who don't have any money. She don't have any more resources. She spent all that she had and she got worse but not better. Saints, imagine for a moment that this was you. Right? The money, they say money make the world goes round, right? When you have enough money in your bank account, when you have enough money to go spending and go shopping, and when you have enough money to pay your bills and to cover, you know, certain expenses, you feel, you know, excited, you feel happy, you feel like, you know, you got everything under control. But imagine if this was you when you had money and, and you were sick and you were paying doctor's bills. And, and then one day, you know, you ran through all your money. You didn't have any money, right? Back then, they didn't have medical coverage like we have nowadays, right? Imagine if you didn't have any more money. You didn't have any more Medicare, any, any medical coverage. And not only did you not get better, but you got worse. Imagine how, how you would feel, you know, just to think like, if you no longer had a place to stay, you didn't have any money, you didn't have resources. And and obviously she didn't have anyone helping her, right? Because it seems like she used up everything that she had and it seemed like no one was coming to her aid, right? Because the Bible said, right, this was a certain woman. Now, I know that when reading the New Testament, when they mention like a certain woman or like a certain a certain man, it means that they, they probably have a reputation in a town. So imagine if this was you. Imagine how you would be, right? If you couldn't pay your bills, if, if you didn't have any more money to go to the doctor, you would probably feel agitated, depressed, lonely, sad, worried. You would probably be, you know, fretful. You know, wondering when, when your next meal is going to come from. And that's another thing. Maybe she was hungry. Maybe she didn't have anything to eat. Maybe she didn't have a place to stay. These are the things that I can just about imagine, right? Imagine if this was you and you were losing faith. You were losing hope and you didn't know what to do. You probably wouldn't want to give up, right? But here you have a woman who she used up all of her resources. She used up all of her money, right? She didn't have anything else. But yet her faith was so great. Now get this. Jesus was coming through the town not to heal her, right? But Jesus was in town on another mission because it said in the verses before this one that Jesus was requested to go heal one of the rulers of the synagogue's daughter because she was lying in the bed dying, right? Jesus was on his way to go do a miracle in another daughter's life, but yet he meets a daughter on the way. Because it says in verse 34 that Jesus said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Right? Jesus didn't really call many people in the New Testament daughter. So this also lets me know that this woman was probably of the household of faith. Right? Because he called her daughter and it's capitalized, meaning she she probably believed 
more than just what they believed back in those days before Jesus, you know, died and ascended into heaven and, you know, took the keys from hell and things like that. And he called her daughter. So, so that, that, that lets us know that she was a, a sister, a sister in Christ. She was a sister in faith, right? So this depicts a lot, right? She pressed in for a healing. She pressed in and said, I don't care who's around me. I don't care who sees me. She said, I don't care if I don't have any more money. She said, I don't care if I don't have any more resources. She said, I don't care if I don't have anyone to help me. She didn't have a, a pitiful attitude because you know what, saints? When we have a pitiful attitude, when we want to sit in self-pity, we don't want help. We, we don't want to ask nobody for help. We don't want people to help us. You want to sit in the dark. You want to be sad. You want to be, you know, mournful. You want to, you know, grieve your situation. And you might want to say, woe is me. And, you know, why couldn't my situation be different? You know, and why God, why and when God, when. But here you have a, a woman who was known all around town as that certain woman. She said, I don't care about all that. I don't care about the gossip. I don't care what they're saying. I don't care if they help me or not. I don't care if I don't have any more money in the bank. Her face said that if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be made whole. She said that within herself. And I want to ask you today, if you had nothing else, if you had no other help, how much faith are you left with? Are you left with a gift of faith that is that is given from the Holy Spirit? Or do you have faith based on circumstances? Do you have circumstantial faith? Or do you have faith that says that there's seeds of God from his word planted on the inside of me? That no matter what I am faced with, no matter what I have to deal with, I am going to hold on to my faith, good and or bad. What type of faith do you have? Think about it. I don't, I'm not talking about the commas of your bank account. I'm not talking about your investments. I'm not talking about the people you can call on if you needed help. If you had nobody else and it was you and Jesus, would you have enough faith that if you just touched the hem of Jesus' garment, would you would have been made whole? Because you have to come into agreement with Jesus before anything can happen. Because the New Testament says that God gives every man the gift of faith. Do you have enough faith to press into Jesus for a healing? Are you going to declare victory over your life? Like this woman said, she was crawling and bent over and bent out of shape and in pain. She probably was fatigued. She probably felt fainted. She probably felt nauseated. You know, my, my woman, you know, you can relate if you still, you know, is that type of a woman that you still have that monthly cycle. You know, you know, those symptoms, you know, the feelings, you know, the back aches, you know, the, the, the symptoms that go along with that. And I'm not going to get into all of that. But, you know, she probably was fatigued and in more pain because she had an issue of blood. Her blood kept flowing for 12 years. And she got worse, but she said, regardless of what's going on around me, I'm going to press in for a healing, right? 
Because look at what the verse said. Wait, let me go back. Okay, verse 28. It says, For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. The, the, the word didn't say that she thought or, or she pondered because it does say that in the New Testament that there are certain people who they, they ponder on certain things or they think about certain things. No, the word said that she said that if I can touch his garment, I shall be made whole. Saints, let me ask you, are you declaring victory over your life? What are you saying on your day-to-day basis that is either hindering you or propelling you forward to the blessings of God? Because in the word, in, in Proverbs, it says that there is power in death. There, there is power of life and death in a tongue, right? What we speak has power. What we say has power. Whether it's good power or bad power, it has power. Declare victory over your life today. Start speaking things that come into agreement with God, with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus and the Holy Spirit is interceding for us throughout the days, throughout the years, for for eternity. Right? So if Jesus and the Holy Spirit can intercede for us on our behalf, imagine if we came into agreement. With God's word. Imagine if we were so in tune to the Holy Spirit that we can start coming into agreement and declaring victory over our lives based on the promptings of the Holy Spirit and the promptings of what Jesus Christ is telling us that is in agreement with the word of God. Imagine how much power that you would have as a child of God to come into agreement because God's word said that where there is two or more in agreement there shall God be in the midst also. So if you have you, right, you're saved, you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. You have the Trinity, right? You come into agreement with the Trinity. Imagine how powerful that is. If the Trinity is a trifold, right, trifold being, you have three, right? That's three right there. Then you, you will be the fourth one, right? The word said, if two or more shall come into agreement, there will God be also. So if you're coming into agreement with God, the, the, the Trinity, the trifold, you know how much power you would have on your life. If you start declaring victory and coming into agreement with Jesus, you know how much, how much declarations that you can make over your life that God will look down and says, you know what? That's my daughter. That's my son. I'm going to bless them because they are praising my holy name. They are coming into agreement with my word and they're not coming into agreement with the world standards. Saints, that is something very powerful to look at. And another thing that I want to note about this, um, about this passage is, is that this woman had to deal with probably more than one thing, because let me give you insight into what the, uh, the Holy Spirit was telling me about this passage, right? For one, 
in verse 25, it says that the, a certain woman, right? And I told you that when they mention things like a certain person or a certain woman, it means that they probably had a reputation, right? Now, this is a grown woman. It says that she had an issue of blood for 12 years. If she's already a grown woman and she, she had, she's a, an adult enough to have her own money, right? So this issue of blood had to start either when she was a teenager or probably a young adult or some some way shape or form I'm a, I'm imagining that this issue of blood this plague happened sometime when she was like either a young adult or an adult so she was living her life right so if she was living her life and she had an issue of blood 12 years if you if you go back 12 years and and now she's known in the town as a certain woman, right? What what happened in her past that possibly brought upon this plague? Did she do something to bring about this plague? Did she, was she living an unholy life? Was she doing things that she wasn't supposed to do? You know? Because it didn't say that the, the, the plague in her body and the issue of blood, it didn't say that it came from her parents. It could have. But I'm sure if it did come from her parents, they probably wouldn't have called her a certain woman. Right? So bear with me. Just, just keep on with me. Right? This is a certain woman. Maybe she did something to bring about this, this issue that she's now suffering with. Right? Have you ever known someone who was living an unholy life or living a life that didn't line up with the word of God. And next thing you know, boom, they're dealing with an issue. They're dealing with a sickness. They're, they're dealing with some type of type of, of problem that it, it's so handicapping spiritually and physically and mentally and probably emotionally. Like this was probably not only physically, um, uh, crippling her and paralyzing her, she probably was emotionally, uh, emotionally pained by this, because having this issue of blood for twelve years, this lets me know, right, that she never was like this her whole life. She she used to be okay. She probably lived a normal life. So what happened twelve years ago? Why do they call her now a certain woman? And then I want to also read something else, right? Verse 33, it says, but the woman fearing and trembling. Why did she fear? Why was she trembling? Most people who are healed by Jesus and, and whose, whose, whose miracles are done by, they would be happy. They would be thrilled. But this, this woman, she it said that she feared him and she was trembling, right? Verse 33, and I'm going to read it again. But the woman, but the woman fearing and trembling knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Verse 34. And he said unto her daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole, go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Those two verses to me are so profound, right? Because it depicts a woman who we know that something had to have happened. 12 years ago, something happened. Something happened that crippled her. She, she had an issue of blood for 12 years, meaning it, it, it's, 
well, I don't want to describe it because I don't want to get into all of that, but it, it, it depicts that something was wrong within her body. Something happened. So why, why in verse 33 did she had to tell him all the truth, right? What truth did she have to tell Jesus? None of us would know. None of us, none of us would probably ever know unless God gives you that insight. But saints, do you see what I'm saying? Jesus healed her. She touched his garment. She came to him fearing and trembling. I'm sure out of kind of out of a good way, but also in a sense that said she knew that Jesus could see within her. She knew that Jesus can see everything about her, good and bad. And she probably knew that Jesus knew everything, right? And th- this would be anyone, right? This, this, this would be anyone going to someone who, who probably have insight or who knows a little bit about your past. You may be shameful or you may feel embarrassed because not everyone is proud of their past not everyone is proud of their mistakes but this is something that you know you can take from this this lesson this is something that we can take from this lesson even though Jesus knew all about her and the way that Jesus responded to her probably comforted her she probably felt like wow I didn't get judged I didn't get ridiculed I didn't get laughed at I didn't get scorned you know I didn't get ignored. Just like how when she was going through the crowd, nobody helped her. She had to push through the crowd because the crowd could see that this woman had a trail of blood. She was bleeding. They could see that she was bent over and needed help. Yet she had to push through the crowd because they was like, forget you. You probably deserve this issue that you had 12 years ago because of why? Because she was a certain woman. Saints, it does not matter what your past is. It does not matter what you've done in the past. It does not matter if, if it, the past is even your fault. It could be because of someone else. It does not matter. Saints, I want you to get from this. That you can press on into Jesus Christ for a healing. And you have to start declaring victory over your life. Regardless of if you are suffering from a consequence that is based on your actions in your actions alone it does not matter get rid of the guilt get rid of the shame get rid of the hopelessness get rid of the 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 feeling that you want to sit in in self-pity and and get out of that pit of woe is me and, and and why god why stop asking god why accept the fact that maybe your actions led you there but this not how it has to end. She pressed into Jesus. Saints, you have to press into your healing. Because I know and I declare that there is a healing out there for you. It is. There is definitely a healing out there for you. There is a healing out there for all of God's people. God did not send Jesus Christ just to heal a few people. God did not send Jesus Christ just to to heal one person. Even if one person gets healed, that's fine. But Jesus came and died for everyone. He died for all of our sins. Get out of your self-pity. Get out of your hopelessness. 
grab hold of your faith and press into the healing that Jesus Christ has for you. Start declaring things over your life, right? Start declaring today that you will be made whole. Start declaring today that, that you, you are the righteousness of Christ, regardless of your past. Start declaring today that you are financially free. You are financially blessed. Forget the loans. Forget the student loans. Forget the credit cards. Forget, forget the, you know, you work minimum wage. Forget all that. Start declaring that you're financially blessed because you have to start coming into agreement with, with being joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Start declaring today that you are a lender and not a borrower. Start declaring today that you are the head and not the tail. Start declaring today that you are above and not beneath. Start declaring today that, that you have victory over your life in Jesus' name. You don't got to wait until your circumstances get better. You don't have to wait until your circumstances clear up. Start declaring today that you are made whole. Start declaring today that you are going to press in for a healing that Jesus has for you. Because saints, let me tell you, let me end it with this. You and I are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Do you know what a joint heir is? It don't mean you're number two, right? It means the same playing level, right? It means you have the same amount of power. Joint heir means that whatever Jesus has access to, you and I have access to. That's what joint heirs means. What Jesus can do, you can do. You can do in and through Jesus Christ. Have that mindset. Pray. Pray that God renews your mind. Pray that God tears down, tear down those walls that you have built up. Because let me tell you, saints, if you are a child of God in and through Jesus Christ, you are a joint ear. You're not supposed to be walking around telling yourself, oh, I deserve this. Woe is me. No. It's okay to be repentful. It's okay to acknowledge certain things. It's okay to acknowledge certain failures, right? But what's not okay is, is that you continue to hold on to failures as if you have to, to, to make your bed in guilt every single night. Because that's not what Jesus called you to do, right? It's like being joint ears with Jesus Christ and being free, yet allowing your your feet to be weighed down by chains and shackles that says that says you're full of guilt you're you're full of burdens you're full of uh woe is me you you're full of having a pity party you cannot come up off the ground and you cannot fly and be free in Christ if you have chains and shackles on your feet that is not of God Start declaring today that you have everything that you need in Jesus Christ. You only get one life to live, right? Start renewing your mind today and start speaking over your life. And when you start declaring victory, it may feel weird. You may feel uncomfortable. You may even feel like nothing's happening as you're speaking these words. And as, and as the Holy Spirit is giving you new words to speak, you may not feel nothing right away. And that's perfectly normal. And you don't have to feel anything right away, right? You may not feel anything for six months. But I'm telling you, saints, if you're consistent, 
And it could be a year from now. It can be a year and three months from now. It could be a year and six months from now. But like I told you in my last podcast in season uh, season four, um, episode one, I said something has to break. When you keep speaking words of faith, when you keep coming into agreement with, with Jesus Christ, you keep you keep submitting yourself unto God and you keep resisting those thoughts that the devil's putting into your mind, telling you that you're no good, you're you're nothing, you're you're never gonna amount to anything. When you keep speaking God's words by submitting unto him and you keep resisting the devil, eventually the devil is going to have to flee. And one day, as you are speaking God's word, there's going to be a, a spark and there's going to be a fire that's going to burn on the inside of you. And you are going to know without a shadow of a doubt that th- those chains have been broken out of your mind. Those chains will, will, will shatter. Those walls will come tumbling down of guilt of self-pity, of of hopelessness, feeling like you don't deserve all the blessings that God has for you. It's going to come crumbling down in all those words that you were speaking, all those scriptures that you were speaking, planting seeds on the inside of you, coming into agreement with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit as they are interceding for you. Something's going to break one day and you're going to feel so peaceful and you are going to feel so whole that you are going to thank God that you you kept putting up a fight. You kept speaking God's word. You kept pressing in for a healing. You kept declaring victory. And you are going to look up and you are going to have a testimony and you are going to really understand your role as a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And you are going to be a living and walking testimony. And saints, this is all that I have. And I pray that this is a blessing to you. I know that this will be a blessing to you. And I will see you next episode. You guys take care.